Um, I guess we'll just turn off then. So welcome back to our podcast. Um, today I'm going to be doing an interview for Kevin, and yeah, I think we can get right into it. Kevin, I want to ask you how you design a Facebook or Twitter news feed, and kind of the things I'm looking for here are a way to like quickly reach. Uh, basically, I'm thinking about like two things. Right, one is when you make a post of like say a text um, post. Um, and also what happened, like when a, another user, a follower goes to get their home feed, they want to see the people they follow their, their posts. Um, so I'm thinking about ways we can get that whole process in the back end to happen efficiently. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. So I'm well familiar with, you know, Facebook and obviously Facebook as a platform has a lot of functionality. So I guess to start off, um, you know, in our system design, I kind of want to clarify with you, um, about some of the, the core requirements that we define as, you know, being part of this like Facebook product uh, feed feature. Um, so mm-hmm. I heard you mentioned that like one of the, you know, the, the basic functionality that we need for the feed is for viewers of a friend's Facebook feed to be able to see, you know, posts, videos, things like that. Just to clarify, you know, completely, are we looking to support all data types or are there certain ones that I want to focus on first? We'll just say everything's text for now. Okay. So I'll, I'll put that down as a requirement, text-based feed. And, you know, the current Facebook, you're giving, you know, updates in terms of, you know, statuses. And that status, you know, will have some sort of data associated with it, uh, which I'll say is text for now. Cool. And then, I guess, in terms of functionality for this feed, do we envision that the feed is uh, visible, you know, only to friends? Is there permissioning that I need to worry about in terms of, you know, on a per user basis? Um, sure. Who's able to see? Yeah, I wouldn't worry. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't worry about too much about permissioning. I would just say, you know, maybe assume everything is publicly visible. But the key here is we want to make sure that our friends get notified, and when they pull up their home screen, they see our message. I see. So a notification system. So yep, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and I don't mean like they need they need their phone to ring kind of notification. I mean like just when they log into their home screen, they'll see their friends' tweets. They need to see yep, their Most their friends' uh, tweets as part of a feed. A feed. Um, yeah, exactly. So it, it sounds like when we're talking about a Facebook feed in this sense, then there's like two concepts, right? There's like your own user feed, which is you know similar to what you would call like a Facebook wall. And that seems pretty trivial, at least from an implementation perspective, where like if I post a status, it should show up on my wall in chronological order. And then there's the other idea of a feed, which is like my own news feed, which should be an aggregate of, you know, all of the data across all of my friends. Uh, yeah, I'm looking more towards the news feed. That's what I'm interested in. I see. So you're interested in, in the news feed. So I'll focus on designing that for now. Are we focused on designing, you know, the front end at all, or is this just, you know, going to be the the back end? And we can assume that for the most part, the front end design is is trivial. Yeah, mostly just back end system level design. Back end system design. Cool, cool. Um, that makes sense to me. Is there any other, you know, requirements that I might have missed in in this functionality? I'll I'll play it back. What I assume right now is that. We're going to be constructing a text-based feed that is an aggregate of all of your friends' statuses. Uh, and 
we want to make sure that, you know, we design just the backend for now. I guess another question that came up is like, do we have any thoughts on how this, how data is going to be ordered in this feed? I'm working off the mental model of having it be chronological, but I know, you know, Facebook doesn't do that today. Is there, you know, any assumptions I can make there? Yeah, let's start with chronological. If you want to build some relevancy algorithm, we can talk about that later. Okay, so chronological ordering for now. Uh, and is it like, is, is maintaining that chronological ordering like of the utmost importance? Like, do we, meaning like, can we break that occasionally? Uh, if, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you mean like, is it okay if, you know, maybe we see a tweet a little bit later than it was actually like, or a post? A little bit later than it actually happened. That's okay. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah. So, so both things, I guess. Like, is it okay if we see a tweet, like, not exactly in live time, but like eventually we'll see it, uh, you know, eventual consistency in terms of what, you know, the user sees. Um, but also, like, let's say we get, um, you know, two tweets that are back to back, um, in, like, you know, a certain order. We'll try to get them in chronological order, but, uh, is, is, is guaranteeing that chronological order important? I mean, so certainly, um, you know, if there's a, a post and then a comment on the post, that needs to be ordered. But let's forget about comments for now and say all posts are independent. Um, no, it's okay if, like, post from friend A comes a little bit after friend B, but I see them in observer. That's okay for now. Okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah, so I think the requirements seem pretty clear. In terms of getting a sense of, like, scale... Facebook is a social network, right? And obviously, you know, as we design the system to scale, there are certain implications that we need to take into place. So my, my question is, you know, what is the scale that we're working with in terms of number of friends that I'd expect uh, to be connected with and be able to support, as well as, you know, scale of number of users? I guess the first is more important um, for this particular design. Sure. Let's say the average user has maybe 100 followers, but there are some like celebrity users who have on the order of millions, maybe 10 million followers. Maybe that's, that's maybe 1% of probably a half percent of all, you know, our, our service. Uh, user celebrities have a million followers, something like that. Maybe 10 million. 10 million. 10 million maybe. Okay. And I should probably design for both cases. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. The, t the 10 million definitely <laughs> makes things a little bit uh, difficult. But I'll start thinking about the 100 follower use case for now, and then think sure. about what that means, uh, you know, once we scale to 10 million. And I, I also assume, you know, just because this is Facebook, that people do a lot more reading than they are tweeting slash posting. So this is going to be a read heavy system. That's a good assumption. Let's say maybe we have 50,000 updates per second, so like 50,000 new posts, posts per second, maybe 10 million reads per second, maybe a million reads per second. Okay, so 50 million posts. Wait, sorry, sorry. 50,000 50, 50, posts per second. 50,000 posts per second, and one, did you say 1 million? 10 million? Sure, 1 million reads per second. 1 million sure, reads yeah. per second. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, cool. Um, I guess the next thing after, you know, taking into account the user requirements as well as the scale that we're working with, the next thing that I want to figure out is the system interface. So this is basically just if I were to 
develop microservices to support, you know, this Facebook feed? What are the services as well as like, what are the methods that I need to expose as APIs that my front end can call and interact with? Is that a, sure. a, a fair next step? Yeah, sure. Yes, that's good. Cool. So I'm thinking about functionality that this Facebook feed needs. And I think the first one you mentioned was the ability to post a status, right? So I'm going to write out, you know, a post status method. And I assume that the, this post status method is going to take in like an int user ID just to keep track of here is the user that, you know, posted this given status. It's going to take in a string that is, you know, the status text. Uh, and I guess that's pretty much like the, the post status functionality seems pretty simple, at least from an interface perspective. And then you have another, you know, interface called get friend feed, right? Mm -hmm. Which again takes an int user ID. This time it's like whoever you are, as well as like, um, I, I guess I'll also put down like a time frame, right? Like, a, um, because I know sure. when you're, when you're, when you're scrolling, maybe not a time frame, but maybe like uh, an index, right? Int start and an end, which is like in, like take the top 50 posts. Or, you know, take, you know, the next 50, next 100 or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, that makes sense to me. So those are the two methods that I'm going to be creating microservices for. You know, you mentioned that, like, we have 50,000 posts per second, but 1 million reads per second. So I assume post status is going to be called a lot less infrequently than get friend feed. So when we're building out, you know, these microservices, I think it makes sense to split up the services into two and, you know, have a lot more machines running in parallel to serve, you know, the get friends feed method. Cool. Sounds good. Yep. And I guess to, to support, you know, these two methods, we need some sort of data store. I'm, I'm thinking statuses, like it might make sense to store in like a NoSQL database just because like we're going to be like when we post statuses, right? We are going to be doing writing, obviously, but we're not going to be doing like that many updating. So we don't really care that the statuses are structured or we don't care like to do joins to other tables. And therefore, you know, keeping the data in an unstructured form uh, will allow for, you know, faster performance. Um, sure. So I think NoSQL is the way to go here. And I'd imagine my NoSQL database is going to be a key value store of user ID. Do I want timestamp? Yeah, actually, I, I think I'm going to change my answer. I think I actually do want to go with SQL, um, even though we're not implicitly like updating what we are doing. If we're storing data off in the database is we're, you know, filtering down to specific users. If we're, you know, pulling a friend feed, for example. Right. And I think the fact that we need to, you know, filter down to a specific subset of individuals makes me want to keep this data structure because that where clause sure. is going to be a lot less expensive to execute. That makes sense. Okay, cool. So this SQL database is going to have a table called statuses. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking that statuses should have the following column, user ID, which is an integer, and foreign keys into like some sort of user table. Uh, it's also going mm -hmm. to have a string that's like text. Uh, this is the status, right? It may have, you know, timestamps if we want to, but it can also just have an integer ID 
that's, that's just called like status ID or whatever, right? And this is auto incrementing. Mm-hmm. So anytime anyone posts a status, this status ID gets incremented. And if we are like getting our friend feed status, we can just order by status ID. And that should be the implicit chronological order of, of, of the statuses. So for now, I'll, I'll just store status ID and I'll leave dates, date posted as a, as something that we can add later if we feel like we, we need it. Okay. Um, I guess that seems like a reasonable structure for a table. My concern is, you know, how is that table going to handle, like I said, about a million reads per second? Um, or 50,000 updates per second? Sure, sure. Yeah, so if we can get into performance um, a little bit, right? Like, I obviously, yeah, if I store all of, you know, like every user's status on a table that's like this large, then when I do a read, right, I'm going to be reading from a gigantic table. It would be nice if we can partition our table in such a way that like, if I'm, you know, calling for the friends feed, I'd have access to only the user IDs that are relevant to my specific set of friends. But the, mm-hmm. the thing that I'm thinking about is that it's, it's not as if like, let's say I'm user one, like Facebook can't really determine like what my friends will be or are going to be in the future. And so it's not like we can dynamically partition this table so that all of my friends are on one table. And even if we could, right, you'll run into conflicts as, you know, because you're not the only one with friends, right? Uh, everyone else has friends too that needs to have their friends, you know, partition on a table. So the more I think about it, the more I, I think th- that's, I think. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, go, go ahead. Sure. Well, I think, I think you're really onto something. It sounds like you're talking about kind of getting the data in a structure such that person X can load their front page and mm-hmm. the data they need to see is all available from in one like physical location. That sounds like a structure that would be great in terms of, you know, we I guess we really want to optimize for read performance here, even more than write performance. It's okay if when you submit a post, it takes a second or two to complete the write. But as soon as we could get the, um, uh, as soon as we could possibly get the read, it's going to drive ad revenue. Like that's that's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes sense to me. I guess if if we're putting it that way, right? I I do think that there is value in separating out this table. So let's just start take a step back and say that like every user has a table that is called, you know, the user's table, right? Every user has a um, user ID as well as, you know, whoever they are. But I think only user ID right now is important for us. And let's also say we keep a table of posts on a per user basis, right? And this user table or some intermediary mapping table is responsible for saying, okay, for this user, here are all the status tables that are associated with him. Does that make sense? What do you mean all the status tables? Um, so let's say starting out, right? I'm, you know, user Bob, right? I have in this user table, you know, I have user ID one and in an intermediary uh, user to status mapping table, I have, you know, sure. uh, hey, this user one maps to this equivalent of a, of a run table or whatever, right? Uh, that holds status information. So when user X goes to look at their homepage, we have to do some joins? When user X goes to look at their own homepage or their own Facebook wall, it'll just pull uh, up. No, like their, their new feed, sorry. Oh, sorry. If, yep, if a user A needs to pull up their friend's feed, what we would do is we would say, okay, you know, what, what are their friend's posts, right? I'm sorry, who, who are their friends? So find all of the tables that are 
the status tables that are related to the user's friends. And if we are partitioned by date, we can, if the status tables are partitioned by date, we can basically just say like, give me, you know, all of my friend's data for, you know, this date range, and then do a bunch of joins to get that aggregate feed together. But the more, the more that I think about it, though, I feel like that makes reads pretty complex. Yeah, I would encourage you to think, you know, data storage is cheap and we can afford to throw more hardware at this. So, you know, whatever data structures are needed and processes are needed to, to get those writes as, or sorry, those reads as fast as possible. Sure. Okay. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm thinking about it the wrong way then. I think we don't really need a persistent structure for like everyone's user statuses. I think we need a data structure that basically stores off, you know, it's like a message queue, right? That stores off. Okay. You know, I am Bob, right? I have friends Anne and, you know, Billy, whatever, right? When Billy makes an update, right? That update is going to be pushed to my own message queue. So there's this intermediary table that's like, here's the messages that should be loaded when I hit get friends feed. That way, you know, we're sort of offlifting the work uh, in post. Or so we're, we're offlifting the responsibility of partitioning and, you know, getting the right data to the post status method so that any time, you know, post status is called, I'm going to look up. Hey, like I am, you know, user one who's posted, right? What are all of my friends here? Who are all the people that need to hear about this status that I've just posted, right? And then I'm going to persist that data into their um, friend feed table, if that makes sense. That way, when they read, right, it's a really simple operation. It's just looking at that friend feed table for a certain certain time period. Uh, and because the friend feed, because, because people don't usually like, you know, scroll back to their feed, like, um, all that much, right? Like the friend feed can be also further optimized by, you know, have some, having some sort of in memory queue, um, or in, mem in, mem in memory database, uh, to store off that information and any, you know, long-term information can be stored in each individual user's, you know, status tables. So if you scroll like way, 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 way back, then maybe at that point you'll need to do those complex SQL joins. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds great. Um, that seems like it'll be a lot faster. Uh, you mentioned at the end there, like some in-memory storage. What, like, what's an example? Or like, what do you, what would you mean by that? I would mean something like uh, Redis. I mean, I'm just throwing some, you know, terminology and names that I've I've heard before. Uh, anything that basically stores like SQL-like data, but in memory for faster access. Cool. That'd be great. So I guess, how would you implement, so, you know, you talked about this, this uh, update, you know, or post new status function that goes and updates all these user tables. How would you implement that so that the person who posts their status doesn't have to wait for all of their followers to be updated, especially if they're a celebrity, right? That'll take forever. Right, right. So I'll talk about the celebrity use case later because I'm, I'm still having a hard time sure. wrapping my head around that. For the average use case user, though, I feel like um, post status can be an asynchronous operation. We talked about like eventual consistency and we said, hey, like, you know, my my tweet doesn't need to be heard around the world instantaneously. Mm -hmm. Right. So when I call post status, right, 
we can basically farm out the the status to multiple other microservices that add to individual users' feeds, right? So we can create another method called like post status to friend feed, right? That takes in the status text, right? The user ID, as well as like the end user ID. So the, the user ID of the person who owns the feed, right? And so this, you know, microservices job is responsible for for eventually guaranteeing that, hey, like, as long as you call this function at some point in time, I'm going to make sure that I add this status to this user's in-memory database. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I guess one concern here is, like, so, you know, the person makes the update request, the server returns a 200 to the user on their web page, and somewhere in the middle of the various user tables being upgraded, the server this is happening on gets the power pulled on it. How can you ensure that that process finishes and that all of the users get the updates they wanted? Sure. How do I... Yep, that makes sense. How do I guarantee that they get the update that they need? I mean, we can build some sort of redundancy into our system, right? So we can have multiple machines that service this post method or post status method, right? So if any one goes mm -hmm. down, another machine is able to Oh, sorry. Yep. So, so that's, let me think about this. Yeah, because I, I think, you know, if you build redundancy into the system, you're sort of only guaranteeing that the service is up. So post status can be called. Mm -hmm. If the machine that is mm -hmm. servicing post status goes down, right, um, mm -hmm. you know, you, you still run into this problem where you, you lose statuses. I'm, I'm actually not too sure here. Do you mind, um, you know, give me some pointers, Wes? Yeah, sure. So, you know, this would be a great use case for kind of a work queue of some sort. So you can think of it maybe like a SQL table, um, but some kind of a queue where, you know, you you can insert and remove rows from it, you know, the start and the end. Mm -hmm. And so anytime maybe someone posts a status, you insert into that table-like table thing. Really, it just needs to be some persistent data structure, right? That that is durable in case we, you know, lose power or whatever. And so you, you insert in that table and then maybe some worker servers can come around whenever they're free and they can remove the, you know, one, one value from there and perform the work to complete that. Um, and once they complete that work, they can go back and update the queue again and say, Hey, I'm done with this. Does that make sense? Yep. That makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, and then, Implicit in that is like, let's say a worker queue, like, you know, fails to do his job, dies, someone else comes in and is like, hey, um, it's been, you know, five minutes since, um, so, 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 we, so like, we probably need to build as part of this, like, worker queue, like, the ability to say, hey, like, this work is being picked up. It's not completed, but it's being picked up, right? So that, mm -hmm. you know, this same work doesn't get picked up by, like, five different, you know, workers. Even though like the previous workers hadn't crashed, right? Um, so implicit yeah. in that worker queue, then we'd probably need to maintain some sort of logic that says, "Hey, if this work is you know in progress for X amount of time, I can assume that it is terminated or it didn't complete or it won't complete, right? And I can mark it as like mm -hmm. you know back to incomplete, so another worker can pick that up. And so that makes a lot of sense to me because. Um, then we have this guarantee that as long as there's workers in this pool and as long as the, the status is not marked as complete in the work queue, 
it'll eventually get done. Cool. Something else that I thought about actually was that like, we'd probably also need to make sure that, you know, our post status to friend feed, uh, methods are, um, uh, what's the, what's the right term are it, like, you can call it multiple times. Right. And even if, you know, it's already posted, it's going to be aware of that and not update. That's pretty trivial to do, but that's just something to call out. Nice. Good call. Yeah. Um, cool. One thing I'll add, you know, in regards to the, like, you know, durability of that, of that queue. Um, this is a problem that's been solved actually by a number of open source tools. One of them is called rabbit MQ. Okay. And one of them is called Apache Kafka. And basically these are kind of tools that provide you access to a queue. Um, and you can create as many of these queues as you want. And they can, they can provide various guarantees around like durability of the queue. Multiple workers only be able to pick up, you know, no one picks up the same task. Um, they provide all sorts of guarantees and features around that. Um, so I would actually, after the interview, I'd, I'd personally recommend reading the, like, getting started documentation for those, especially for RabbitMQ. The getting started documentation there was really pretty readable and was pretty enlightening as to how these technologies work. Yeah, that's really cool. And I'm, I'm glad this is a problem that, you know, people have solved and you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, let's see. I think I'm pretty happy with like the data structure and how things kind of flow. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about the celebrity case? Yeah. If you want to maybe special, special case. Man, that's, that's the one I've been trying to push off 10 million followers. <laughs> that's, that's going to be a lot. Um, yeah. So it's, it sounds like, you know, okay, let's, let's walk through the celebrity use case in our current system. Like what happens if someone with 10 million followers posts, right? Uh, in that case, right. We need to call post status, you know, with the text post status to friends feed is called on a million, like a million, 10 million different times, which could really overwhelm the system. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're putting too much pressure on writes. Writes are supposed to be, you know, designed this way to make the reads a little bit easier. And that works for the average user. But for a celebrity, it seems like we don't really want to be putting that much pressure on writes because they have so many followers. Mm -hmm. I think we can go back to the approach we took before, right? Which was for celebrities. And I'm not sure how you would denote that someone's a celebrity, but let's just say like for someone with, you know, more than, you know, a thousand followers or how, however many we are, our existing system can support. Right. And there's probably a, a number that kind of is the right balance, right? I want to maintain a separate table of all of my statuses, right? That way... You, what do you mean by table of all of your statuses? Sorry, what do you mean by table of all your statuses? Right, right. So this was what I had mentioned earlier, um, the approach I had mentioned earlier, right, where, like, I have a status table, right, that only I own, right, that has all of my statuses that I've, you know, posted by in, in, in a certain date range. So this is partitioned by dates. And those statuses, you know, have not only the status text, but, like, the, 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 the date time, right? And so I'm maintaining this table and this, there's can be some redundancy. So this table can be duplicated multiple times. So anytime I do a write, the write is really easy now for a celebrity, right? The write is just going to be inserting into the status table. This is my own status. And now we're just saying like, if I'm, if I'm someone who's following a celebrity, right? And I get my own friend feed, right? I'm going to get all of my, you know, normal pleb friend statuses, uh, the normal way. Right. <laughs> and then I'm going to, mm. you know, make a separate request to get all my celebrity statuses. 
right? And then I'm going to join the two results together and make sure they're ordered by date. Um, I assume that the average user, like, is only going to be following a handful, like, is going to have way more, you know, average user follower, uh, is going to be following way more average users than they are celebrities. So this, you know, separate call makes sense. What are you, what are your thoughts about that, like, hybrid approach? That makes a lot of sense to me, um, as a general approach. I guess one concern is that, so we said a minute ago that we have, you know, a million reads per second, right? Or, you know, homepage loads per second. You know, maybe let's say like half, like, maybe it's like most users are following a couple celebrities at least. I'm concerned that those celebrity tables are going to get hammered. Is there a way to like improve the performance there? The celebrity tables are going to get hammered. Well, each, each celebrity owns their own individual tables. So hammered as in like, oh, many people are going to be reading them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where like we can, you know, for celebrities, especially as you have more and more followers, I think it makes sense to create, you know, multiple tables so that uh, that, that duplicates the same data so that, you know, okay. reads aren't hammering the same tables over and over again. And we can use some sort of like, you know, round robin or, you know, other approach to determine which table we're actually reading from when you issue a read request. Okay. Do you need the like, um, like acid benefits, you know, the atomic, um, durable, um, isolated, et cetera, benefits of a SQL table there for those reads? Um, no, if we're keeping every celebrity's status in their own tables, then we're not really doing any sort of complex joins or like where clauses. So we can keep it as a no SQL database. Yeah. Or even in memory. Or yeah. Uh, or even better performance. Yep. That's true. Yeah. I'm actually curious. I'm actually curious. Like, what happens? Like, have you tested this? Like, what happens if you stress the Facebook feed as in, like, you know, go way, 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 way back? This, this probably is something you can't really test now because it's not ordered by chronological order. But I wonder if, you know, you start seeing performance implications to trying to read, you know, your feed from like five years ago, right? And how slow it is. Yeah, I would almost definitely guess that there almost has to be performance implications, right? Like, that's kind of the. The crux, like the core of caching, right? It would almost be poorly designed if there wasn't, right? That, that would just mean they aren't caching mm-hmm. um, effectively. You know, I will say, like, when you load your messages, um, like Facebook Messenger, um, when you start to scroll back, it does get a lot slower than your first handful of messages. Oh, yeah. That's that's true. You notice that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I think that's most everything I wanted to talk about. So I guess we can end the like mock interview part here, and we can just discuss. Uh, yeah. The, how did I the interview? If you want. Yeah. How did I do? I guess that's that was you know sort of my first formal sit down type interview. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you did really well. I was really pleased that you got to the very denormalized, right, aggressive approach on your own. That was that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I know that's a pretty. Um, I know from our like the work that we both do at our current job, it's pretty dissimilar to the kind of work we've done so far. Right. So that was pretty cool that you got there. I was pretty pleased with that. You know, that's kind of, you know, just an example of pre-computing mm-hmm. something to make um, things faster, right? Um, I thought uh, you definitely have a, like, tendency, like, you default to using SQL tables, which I'm not surprised by because I, I <laughs> that's what we work with. Relational SQL at work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, maybe consider, you know, reconsider that um, tendency. But uh, it, it, you did look, you know, you did start talking about, like, NoSQL and stuff. I would just think reading to reading and writing to durable storage is just going to be like way slower than um, interacting with in-memory storage. So when possible, like prefer in-memory stuff. Yeah. Um, 
But that, yeah, I mean, overall, it went, I think, really well. It's was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think... All- um, yeah, the... the I was going to say the, the work queue stuff also, like when you were talking about it, I was like, this, this sounds very familiar to like the job queue. And, you know, I think it started clicking once, once, once you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. For context, we have a job queue at work, which is basically like an in-house implementation of RabbitMQ more or less. Um, and yeah, it, you know, it's something we kind of haven't really thought of because it's kind of abstracted away behind a lot of, you know, a lot of API layers, but yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting concept the, you know i will say uh the especially with apache kafka you get into like this whole kind of world of um like pub sub um approaches the problems where you know you basically have a queue that people are you know multiple services or you know whatever subscribed to it so they're, they're picking up things that are being put on the queue and you can have others that are publishing to the queue and that, that opens up a pretty interesting paradigm especially when you have that kind of persisted like durable queue and it also allows for really easy scaling. You can imagine, like, in this particular case, we could have scaled to having 30 copies of the right queue if we wanted to let 30 workers run in parallel or something like that, right? Yeah. These, especially those open source tools I mentioned, they can scale really well. Yeah, scale, scalability is definitely a big win there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts on the interview that I... Did you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Or thoughts for me as an interviewer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought I thought that was like pretty fun. I think that was sort of my takeaway was that like, um, you know, with the, with these things like, you know, obviously there, it's, a, it's a bit of a back and forth, right? It's like very open ended and you know can be intimidating, you know, at, at first, but then you know after a while it just started to sink in that I was really just having a uh, conversation with a coworker, right? And it really did feel like that. And I think once I got into that mentality, it, it became pretty straightforward and not all that different from, you know, what I do in my day-to-day. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, the big difference from day-to-day is probably, like, the scale of, like, you know, you're not designing architectures on a daily basis. Yeah, that's pretty much something we'll ever get done. Right. <laughs> um, but the, the back-and-forth iteration, right? Like, uh, just, like, bouncing mm-hmm. ideas around, um, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it went really well. I was pretty happy with it. Um, awesome. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. I guess we'll end the podcast here. All right, cool. And I'll see you guys next time. See you. Nice. Nice.